So my children will tell you that I have no sense of humor. I don't know if that's a reflection on them or a reflection on me because I think I have a pretty good sense of humor. This next speech pathologist that we've got coming on our episode today is well known for her sense of humor. She is just hilarious on Instagram, reels and everything else like that. So I'm looking forward to introducing you to Danny Newcomb, the messy SLP. Welcome to the Missing Link for SLPs podcast. I'm glad you're here. Today's episode is part of the SLP Spotlight series where I talk with SLPs in a variety of SLP positions and settings, doing things that we knew SLPs did, but also working in areas that we've never thought or heard of SLPs working in. It is amazing the opportunities these SLPs have taken and where their careers have gone. This is storytelling time. I have so many students who, everybody knows who you are. You are so funny. Before, before we jump in too far, I've already done your introduction. So welcome, Danny, And tell us who you are as a speech pathologist, your story of origin, and who you are as a person. I am still trying to find who I am as a speech pathologist. And I'd like to try to, that's something that I think I've shifted towards trying to normalize. <laughs> it's like, just like I'm three years in with, um, I graduated in 2018 and I'm trying to like tell grad students, it's okay. If a few years in, you still are not quite sure what path you're going to take. Like it's okay. So who I am as an SLP, I'm not quite sure. I genuinely just love the job. I mean, I love this field. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm somebody I've kind of bounced around in terms of jobs. Um, not because I'm like, I don't know. I always feel weird when I say that, you know, I've held four or five different positions in the past two years and I'm always like, Oh, does that, you know, does that say something not great? And it was like, no, I think it speaks super highly of our field and like the different areas that you can go into. Um, that's part of the reason why I got into this field was because there were so many options and I don't know. I'm the type of person where I'd like to try to, you know, take advantage of that while I can before I have to, or before I feel like I need to commit to a path. So weird side tangent. Um, I, so I just, I'm a pediatric SLP at my core. Um, I love the kiddos. That's why I got into this job. Um, I genuinely got into this job kind of on a whim. My stepmom is a speech pathologist and, um, I was either going to be a school psychologist or a speech pathologist. And I went and I observed her and watched her um, in a push-in setting and watched her interact with the kids. And I thought, well, you know, that looks like something that I would enjoy doing. And so I put all my eggs in the SLP basket and like, we're just going to praise the Lord for that one because I genuinely think that's where this is where I'm supposed to be. Um, in terms of work. I, I love it. Like I'm one of those people. I, God bless my boyfriend because I think every day I come home and I'm like, Oh, and you should have just seen, Oh, and these kids are so funny. And da, da, da. and I mean, poor guy just has to sit and listen to me genuinely like ramble. I just really love, I love this job. And so, um, that was real yesterday you had, um, it was so funny. <laughs> Explain to us for those. I just laughed. And then your boyfriend's on the side. Yes. 
that's your sense of humor is so spot on. Thanks. Tell us about your reel. Yeah. So it was just like talking to, like, I know Eric, my boyfriend, zones out when I go on an SLP tangent and I am okay with it. I get it. I understand he's a basketball coach while I'm trying to learn basketball. It is still very new to me. So, you know, I zone out too. It's just part of a healthy relationship is being able to just sit and nod. Um, so it was, it's just me talking really quickly. And it's when I get on an S or when I start talking to my boyfriend about my job and then it was, um, it was Boo from Monsters, Inc. doing her little sleepy nod um, because that's what he genuinely looks like. And I think that's what he thinks sometimes. It's like, oh my gosh, I could go to sleep right here. (laughs) So it was just, um, he did it the other night where, you know, I could tell he was kind of zoning out as I got on a tangent. And I was like, (laughs) oh, that would be a funny reels. And I just like the little music that goes along with that. So anytime I can use that one, I will. (laughs) I think it's so cute. (laughs) Well, it's good you love your job so much. That's really evident, very evident. I uh, got into the field because I watched my my older sister be a speech pathologist. Oh, neat. So I'm like, oh, that I could do that. That's cool. That's so cool. I think, and then I often, um, like I connected with a gal, uh, uh, a student at Eric's high school. I said, or... <laughs> they were doing the senior thing. She was a cheerleader and they were doing senior night for the cheerleaders and explaining what everybody's going to do. And they said, and so-and-so is going to go to school for speech pathology. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I was like, I have to. Ah. And so then I saw her parents walk by and I said, hi, I'm a speech pathologist. You should have her like reach out to me if she needs anything. And they were like, really? And I was like, yes, it's the best job ever. And they were saying, you know, Oh, she's kind of in between about going back. And I said, send her my way send her my way. I'll, she'll either regret it because I'll never stop talking about it. Or maybe I'll give her like a sense of comfort, you know, that this is a really cool field to go into. So, um, Eric was like, um, a student came up to me and said that you stopped her. I was like, sorry, (laughs) she's going to be an SLP. What do you want me to do? (laughs) I got to share. Yeah. Make sure she stays on the SLP route. I know. I was like, Gotta get in there, gotta get in there and shape a young SLP yeah. mind. It's a great job. It's a great field. Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, one of the reasons why I started this podcast is working with students. They know Ash's big nine and they really don't know what else they can do. They're like, oh, I can be a school SLP. Oh, I can be a med SLP. Or maybe if they think outside the box, they're like, maybe I'll be a professor. And I'm like, oh my word, there are so many, many things you can do. Um, Just expand that organizational chart or that opportunity chart. And seriously, that's why I pull on so many different speech pathologists with passions and with ideas and with, you know, we're dreamers and we're also givers and, and how to just navigate this world of being a speech pathologist. There are so many options. I mean, there it's incredible to me that I feel like the more that I just am in this field and the more that I connect with people within the field, like what they're doing with their job, like, I mean, there are consulting opportunities where you can work with, you know, different organizations. And um, I mean, it's incredible. And we can, we're just, I, I like explain to Eric because he'll ask a lot of times, you know, is that, is that something that you typically do as an SLP? So I'll talk about like, you know, 
I don't step we don't step out of my scope of practice, but I feel like within our scope, we still wear a lot of hats and we're a lot of times like the middlemen. But I also think that, you know, that opens a lot of doors for us. It opens, I mean, just within the field, you can do so many things, but it really opens some beautiful doors in terms of consulting. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I love everything that we can do as an SLP and different things that you can um, step into. You don't have to just be a med SLP, a school SLP, or maybe a private practice SLP. Like you can do what, I mean, quite a few SLPs are doing where they're school SLPs and then they have their own private practice on the side or they're, they run a consulting business or they have a teacher's pay teacher store. Like there's so many different things that we can do that are, that we are trained and educated on doing. So I I don't know. I think it's really cool. And I think I love that you're doing that because I thought it was either medical or school and there was no in between. And even being in the field, I'm realizing, wow, there's so much that we can do where you kind of flirt with both sides of things where you work with peds. Um, Like I worked in an ABA center and there were some medical aspects of things. So there was some feeding therapy and stuff, but then I also had speech and um, it felt like a school environment where the kids were there from, you know, eight to three or whatever time it was. And I was going to get them, bring them to the room and then I would take them back. And so that felt like a school, but there were also some medical sides of things and I got to wear scrubs, you know, and you can kind of <laughs> create your own job, you know, I mean, in re- in all reality. So I, uh, yesterday, you and I were connecting yesterday before we got on and I'm a, I'm a medical based SLP, but mm-hmm. I think I have the best of everything because I have the video swallows, which I love because right. I get to go and solve puzzles. Mm-hmm. I have my voice clients, my outpatients, I have my inpatients up on the floor and every once in a while, because I work with a team of speech pathologists, I work with one who I call her Mary Poppins. She's just this gifted pediatric speech pathologist. And every once in a while, for some reason, one of hers will come over to my, my side. And mm-hmm. it's just, we can do so many things. How, yeah. What words of advice do you have for the new speech pathologist to find some of these opportunities? Don't close your mind off to anything. I would say um, peruse the job boards. I That's something that I think a lot of people, I don't know, like I'll go on the SLP job board or I'll go, I say SLP job board, I'll go to Indeed and I'll see what opportunities there are in my area because you never know. Um, and I know, you know, <laughs> I'm sure if I told an employer that they would be like, ah, uh, okay, not quite sure how we feel about you being employed with us and you, you know, looking, but I found my clinical fellowship on Google and I typed in oh. exactly what I wanted in a job. I wanted a pediatric feeding and swallowing placement and in a certain area. And I said, if I don't get that, then I'm not moving to this area. And I had to scroll. I think they were on page two or three at that point. And, and then I found them and reached out. And so I think you need to be Mm open-minded and open to any opportunities that come your way. You know, I throughout grad school said, I will never be a school SLP. Never, ever, 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 Mm -hmm. ever. And I'm working in the schools. Now, do I identify as a school SLP? I this, I don't know what my career is going to hold, but I'm an SLP that works in the schools. And so I think also remember that your identity is an SLP, you know, and you can be a medically based SLP, a school SLP, but at the core of it, you're an SLP and you can go and work in 
wherever you want, if you can find a job. And so being open to it, and that's one thing, and it's not my personality, but for some reason, I've done this in my job or in my career so far is I have not, if an opportunity felt, which sounds kind of woo woo, but if an opportunity felt like a good opportunity for me, I was going to take it. So I took my mm -hmm. first clinical fellowship. Um, even though we were advised to not to explore what you had, I took that first position and mm -hmm. I would not have ever changed it. I took my first travel therapy position. Um, you know, I, I said, sure, I'll go to Indiana. I mean, I'm very thrilled because it led me to, you know, the love of my life. So I'm very glad about that opportunity. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not closed off to any opportunities and just recently went on Indeed and saw a job where I was like, huh, I didn't think I would go in that job, but let's apply and see, like you lose nothing by right. applying and putting yourself out there. It is right. a, it's not a fun experience if you go to interview and you realize you're not qualified maybe for that side of things. And that's, that's hard because the more that we get into our, um, you know, like I said, I'm a peds therapist. So to go into the adult side of things would be a bit of a transition for me. And so to interview for a job like that, it's, it's, it's kind of like, oof, I know I'm not very qualified for this. Like I have that foundational knowledge, but I don't necessarily have that experience that, you know, another, um, medical SLP might. So that's a, it's a hard process I would say, but just, you get, you lose nothing by applying and seeing what's out there and seeing, is there an, an SLP or is there a rehab team that's willing to, uh, take a chance on me? Is there a principal or a SPED director that is willing to take a chance on me and educate me? And, and mm -hmm. I think that being open to all of those opportunities, because this field will offer you so much if you, mm -hmm. if you allow it to. So stay open. Don't, don't think, unless you want to, unless you want to commit to a path and you are like, this is the path that I'm on, go for it. We need SLPs like that. It would be an interesting field if everybody bebopped around like I did, but, um, you know, staying open to whatever the, the field brings you, I think is one of the main things I would say. Well, and early in your career, um, I think it's very reasonable and valid to be bebopping around and do look at those, you know, the position you said, and you say, well, I might not have these skill sets that somebody else might have going into this. So write those skill sets down that you want and start working on, on collecting that skill set and honing your skills. So when you are ready to go apply for that job, because that's where you maybe want your career to go, then you're, then you're good. Then you've got that. Yeah. And I think, continuing education. I think learning from SLPs that are not in the area of the field that you are is super important. Like staying up, that's something that Instagram has brought that I didn't even think about. Like I feel like I'm more up on the medical research because we have medical SLPs that are saying, Hey, this is not the way we need to do things anymore. This is not what the research says. And, um, you know, it's, it's been very interesting to see, um, to be able to keep up with other aspects of the field while still kind of staying in my little peds land. It's been, which is cool, but, you know, learning through CEUs, learning through other people. Um, I love, I would, I love a good like adult CEU where I'm like, man, this is so out of my realm, but man, am I learning stuff? And I think that's important. Um, I also think it helps you. I don't want to say get bored with the field, but I think sometimes we can be very much in our lane, which is great. We can be, you know, like I said, I'm in Peds land and I love it here. Um, but I also think that it's super fun to bring in like 
I'll get like an adult neuro CEO and I'm like, yes, this is amazing. And it keeps me excited about the field. Like, look at how cool this is. So I, yesterday I worked, um, I, I love it when I'm wrong about an evaluation <laughs> going in and I love it when I'm right going in yeah. about an evaluation, because if I'm wrong, it's usually because, um, I'm thinking of something that is probably not as good. And then I love it because I'm okay. Your SD ratio is great. And it's not a you know vocal fold thing or, um, you know, it's just, it's, I love being able to think outside of the box with wherever we are, with whatever we do. Mm-hmm. Mindset is so important as we adjust to our careers, adjust to what's happening in our field and with the, the people that we work with our clients you have such, you know, I told my students that I was going to be interviewing you today and they were like, oh, we all know the messy SLP and we love you for your humor and your perspective. How do you, how do you keep that? How do you keep that positive mindset? I, um, I cope with humor. So, um, like that's how I cope with anything that happens in life. I will, make jokes. If my boyfriend and I get into an argument, one of us is making the other laugh. It's usually him making me laugh. Cause I'm, if you can believe it, I'm the more serious one in the relationship. And, um, so, you know, we, that's just how we do things. We, we <laughs> laugh through it. Basketball <laughs> and, coaches look pretty darn serious. <laughs> no, he is when he needs to be, but he has me beat in the goofy and funny department. I mean, he is he's the funniest person I know. So he's rubbed off on me. But, um, you know, I think that, um, I don't think I would stay, I would say I'm positive all the time. You know, I'm, I'm a very, I'm very easily stressed out. Um, I'm very type a, I am, um, I would like to refer to myself as a recovering perfectionist, um, because that is how I've lived the majority of my life is striving for perfection. And so, um, you know, in recent years, it's been mainly getting into the field. It's realizing, okay, you're not going to be perfect and you're showing up and you're, you are, you know, enjoying your job and you're, you're making an impact. And so I, the way that I would say I stay positive a fair amount of the time is I focus on small wins and those baby, those baby steps. Um, I, give myself credit for showing up, uh, which sounds like, and for me, for my perfectionist side, I'm like, well, did you show up and do something really good, you know, or did you just show up like, and it's, and it's being okay with, you know, some days you just have to show up because we're tired. We're in the middle of a pandemic for goodness sake. And, um, so giving myself credit for just showing up and then also not settling for just showing up is part of, that's part of my personality. Um, I get back to my why in terms of the field. And my why is when I make a kid giggle, when a kid says their name for the first time, when our kid that uses um, that uses a communication device, when they learn a new word and they use it appropriately. I mean, getting back to that why, like that's the stuff that I bring home and I tell Eric yep. about, you know, oh my gosh, like, like yep. our, our kiddo that uses an AAC device um, has gone their whole life communicating mm-hmm. very limited, you know, and we introduced a communication device and that kiddo was on the bus the other day, dropped something and independently 
and appropriately said help verbally. And we were like, that was amazing. Like we heard about it and we were just like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And like, I've been thinking about that all week because I am checked out. It is spring break the following week. So we are a week away from spring break. The kids are checked out. I'm checked out. And thinking about that, that has carried me through the week. And so clinging to my why has been a big part of it because as I said at the beginning of this, I love my job. And if I find myself um, ever, and there have been times where I have not left my job um, and I don't ever want to be like that again. (laughs) So I try to find how can I love my job today? Today I got to sit with a kid and we, you know, worked on our generalization and we talked about their life. That was so cool. That was a connection that we made. Um, you know, those little things that remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I love what I'm doing. So I cling to those and then I have fun with it. I have so much fun. As you can see, uh, there is rarely do I put out an infographic or something on Instagram because I am, I have fun with posting silly videos and, um, and so I just, I have fun with it. And I feel like that has drastically having that creative outlet and being able to share in the humor that is within our field. Um, and within life in general, I feel like that has done wonders for how much I love my job, which is, um, the Instagram has genuinely helped bring me so much joy because I realized that I'm not the only person that loves my job. Um, and, you kind of feed off of that energy. So that was a really long answer to, you know, your question. I think there it's very multifactorial. There are all these different things, all these things that I try to do to, to stay positive. And, um, a lot of it has to do with meeting myself with grace. So I would say that's a big part of it. And overall enjoying all of those little, you know, the, the little wins, the big wins and, and giving yourself grace. Um, it's, you know, when I've got a student going off to a session, um, you know, on, on the campus clinic, I always say, go enjoy, go have fun. Have fun. Because you have, to, if you're not having fun, then your client's not having fun. Exactly. And there are times, honestly, as you mentioned before, where life jobs, life sometimes isn't fun either. But sometimes, a, you know, a client isn't fun or a job isn't fun. Well, then figure out what you need to change. So you're enjoying it. Yeah, you, and there are days where, you know, you do show up and you're just like, I don't want to wear my SLP hat today. I don't want to raise my voice nice and high so that these kids enjoy talking to Miss Ed. You know, I don't, some days I don't want to do that. I want to sit and I want to go, hey, what's up kid? How's it going? Come on in, you know, but it's like, okay, how can we make this fun? And so those are the days where, you know, we're really active in session. So the kids will be shooting. I have a basketball hoop. That is my favorite. That is the best therapy purchase I have ever made. It was like $20 on Amazon and it's on the back of my door and the kids get basketball break and they either get the basketball at the end of session or that's what we do for session. And they name five cards really quick and then they get to shoot and it's so much fun and it gets me going and you know, we get up and moving. And those are the days where you really have to put in that extra effort sometimes to make it fun but I focus on making it fun for my, which might sound backwards. I make sure that I'm having fun because I know the kids are going to have fun if I'm having fun. If I'm hyper-focused on how can I make this fun for you? What game can we play? Um, if I'm having fun, then I am the motivator. Then I am the fun part of the session. Um, I have a clinical fellow right now and she asked, well, what kind of toys she's transitioning? Her district is transitioning from telehealth to in-person. 
Mm-hmm. She goes, what games are you using right now? Um, you know, that you're cleaning and stuff like that. And I said, I don't use games. I use a basketball hoop and me. And I said, sometimes, you know, with cards, I'll stick them in my glasses or I'll stick them <laughs> on my forehead. And, and that's the simplest thing, but man, these kids, they yep. die when you stick a card to your forehead and it's, it's oversimplifying therapy because then I'm not stressed about, Oh, I got to clean this toy before I get the next kid. You know, I'm the fun part of the session. And when I'm the fun part of the session, I'm fun. I'm having fun and the kids are having fun. And then they don't come in with these expectations of well, what game are we playing today? And we get different interactions, like mm-hmm. real interactions when we're playing and enjoying each other versus the game is what's fun. Um, and I can do that with the population that I work with. So I would like to say that I have, you know, I have 80 something kids and Mm. a lot of them are, um, you know, gen ed kids. So I do, I can keep it really simple with the majority of my students and, you know, you you gotta make yourself the the fun part of the session because then it's so much fun. (laughs) Right. And tuck those, I had a graduate professor who, when I was heading into my graduate Um, I had a client, it was was a pediatric client and I had my stack of papers, my games, my everything, my, my lesson plan. And she took it all away from me when I walked in the door and she gave me, um, I think a string, a pencil, a piece of paper. She said, here, go have fun. (laughs) One of the most pivotal things in my graduate student career, I had to step away from the, the crutch of the pencil, the paper, the, all of this stuff. Um, she gave me the pencil and the paper to do the data keeping, but wow, I really broke away from um, um, focusing on the drill, drill, the, you know, all of that and, and just engaged. And I had those objectives in my head. Okay, what are we going to do with this paper? We're going to slither it along the ground and make the S sound. Now, how many words can we think of that begin? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What has been one of your biggest challenges, biggest frustrations? Um. I would say one of my biggest challenges is um, honestly probably feeling not good enough. And I think that comes from, again, my personal, um, just who I am as an individual, but also this field, this field is incredible. I mean, it is, there are people in this field where like I'll message them on Instagram and I'm like, oh my gosh, Eric so-and-so just messaged me back. And he's like, who is that? And I'm like, um, I'm sorry. They're like the biggest SLP in their area, please. And like, I mean, and it's incredible. Like this field is so amazing. And I remember I felt that with Michelle Dawson. I reached out when I was a clinical fellow. Um, she had connected with, um, my supervisors, the owners of the private practice I was at, she had connected, they had connected with her vice versa and they were close. And so I got to interview her for our Facebook that we had at the clinic. And I remember going, Oh my gosh, this is Michelle Dawson. And it was like, Oh my gosh. Like I was geeking out and because she's so incredible and then realized, Mm -hmm. Holy moly, there are so many incredible SLPs that are doing some unbelievable things. Like, And I feel like while I just praised social media because of the connections that it has made for me, I also think just like we see in every other aspect of life, be it money, you travel, fitness, you know, where our Instagram feeds are highlight reels. And 
they are the same for professionals as well. And so I had to remind myself, you know, you're right now I'm being inundated with these uber successful, incredible SLPs and having to put that in perspective and remember that I am, I am Danny and there's no other SLP like me. And I bring different things to the table. Um, you know, but it's a challenge. It's hard when you are in a field of people who just, I don't want to say naturally achieve because I don't think this comes, I don't think achievement, I think people work very hard for their achievements. I will never take that away from anyone, but I think that they are, um, I want to word this correctly. They are the types, the types of people that are um, naturally going to seek out achievements. They are going to they're the type of people that they want to achieve. They want to be successful. And we're in a field of incredible men and women like that. And so that can be hard. And I immediately felt like I went into the field feeling like I needed to know everything. And that has honestly been a big challenge for me. Um, like I said, because of who I am, um, just my personality, but, um, it for a while was inhibiting the connections that I would make with people because I had a little bit of a defensive ego. Like I was like, no, I can't ask for help. And then, you know, that has shifted with a lot of self work, but, um, that was a big, that's a big challenge for me. Um, I can do the therapy. I can do the evals. I can learn that, but my personal, if you like the, the way that the job was, um, or the way that the field was, um, making me feel, I allowed it to make me feel in a negative way. And so having to shift that has, it's been a challenge because it's, it's hard being around so many incredible, successful people when, you know, so hard, but beautiful. It's awesome. Excellent. Thanks for that honesty and that transparency. Last question. Share well, actually, there's two questions. The last one's super, super short. But share with us words of advice for I, I know I kind of asked this before, like how to make those connections and, and how to find those opportunities. But if you know, you know, like for the clinical fellow you that you're working with now, or the one who's listening to this program, what words of advice do you have for being a happy and successful, however you define that speech pathologist? Mm. I that's a really good question. Um, how to be happy and successful. Um, I would say, keep it simple. You don't have to, um, my therapy sessions, as I just said, are very simple. And when that can, you know, we see crafty SLPs, which are, they're incredible. These SLPs that put these materials together, I don't know how they do it. It's amazing. Um, I don't have that in me. And then right now I'm on, I'm with a caseload that I just, I just can't. I don't have time. Um, so keeping it simple, keep it simple for yourself, keep it simple for your kids, um, really rely on the evidence. I feel like that's when I really feel successful is when I'm really heavily relying on the research behind a certain therapy. Um, and I feel like, man, it's so cool when science is, you know, when science works out, which a lot of times it does. So keeping it simple, um, really like touch base with your why as often as possible. Find those moments that make you go, this is why I do what I do. And that is something I will, um, I found that I enjoy telling other people, this is why I do what I do. So when um, our kiddo dropped something on the bus and said, help independently. And the ABA, the BCBA that shared that with me 
we both got goosebumps and, and I went, this is why I do what I do. And then, and saying that out loud and having that affirmation with somebody else, you know, I go back to that why as often as possible. I tell Eric stories that, uh, you know, and I'll tell him, this is, this is why I love being an SLP. Um, so really reflecting back on that why, cling to your why, because it's really going to carry you through those days. And I feel like that's, to me, that defines success. Um, I'm, I'm in the field because of whatever. And my why changes on a day-to-day basis. You know, like I said, the other day it was, I got, you know, this kid said help. It was so cool. And then, or it's a kid being able to be, a kid saying their name for the first time. That's, that's one of my favorite things. Cause I know that that makes parents just light up when they hear their kiddo saying their name for the first time after five years. And, and, and so your why might shift, but clinging to whatever is bringing you joy at that moment in your life um, and in your career. So clinging to that, to me, that's success. I'm doing what I love and I'm helping, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I love and I'm being successful in it. Meaning my patients, my students, my clients are all making progress. So cling to your why. Um, and as we've said, and I feel like I shout this from the rooftop, sometimes you have to have fun with your job. Oh my gosh, you have to have fun with your job. Um, it doesn't have to be fun every day. Like there are days where like Fridays are my worst days at work. I, they are inundated with meetings. I sit behind a desk most of the day. They drag on because we don't have students in the building. My Fridays are rough. And so oftentimes I go in on a Friday and I go, Ugh, I do not want to be here. And then, you know, but then I'll make a reels that I enjoy and I have fun with. And I go, oh, there was my, that was my fun for the day, you know? And, and so finding those fun moments and making it fun. Um, and then really to be happy, focus on, focus on you. And I feel like that applies to every aspect of life. Focus on the type of therapist that you are, the type of clinician that you are, because you are, you know, you are you and you bring something as an SLP that I will never be able to bring. You bring something to the table that nobody else here has, be it your sense of humor, um, your knowledge, you know, uh, there are some SLPs that work in the school that drop neuro facts like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, I mean, people are incredible and knowing that your spot at the SLP table it's, it's yours. There's no, well, I only get a, t- a spot at the table. If I do da, 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 da. you've got a spot at the table. You are in the field. We are all here. We're sitting at the table together. We all have things to offer. And I think that has been something that I am constantly working on, but something that has brought me so much joy is going, okay, I am me. And this is what I bring to the field. And I think that is one of the more, um, that's something that I really, I'm trying to, um, drill into any grad students that reach out to me because they ask me about how, well, how did you know that you wanted to be a school SLP? How did you decide to do this? And it's like, no, 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 no. I am, I have a completely different path than you're going to have. And a lot of times I'll answer that, but that is my journey. You need to find your spot at the table. It's there. You just got to find a way, you know, you've got to, you've got to step into that and own that. So that's something I would say is a big thing pull that chair back from the table, sit down and then scoot up and get ready to engage in your spot, wherever you are with a collaborative field of other passionate speech pathologists and audiologists. Absolutely. 
Excellent. So we're working on a word cloud at Fresh SLP. What is one word that you would contribute to the word cloud that describes uh, the beauty of an SLP? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would say joy. Mm. That has been my word as an SLP is finding the joy. And I know I've said it earlier in, in this podcast, I, finding that joy. Um, and I would say joy because I encourage SLPs to find the joy in their job. But if you think about the joy that an SLP can bring to the people that they work with, be it the joy of, you know, saying a word for the first time, eating a certain diet for the first time, all of the things that we can do. I mean, when you see the joy on kids' faces, that aha moment on a patient's face when you get to, you know, when you're making progress on a parent's face, like that is, oh, that's so good. It's so good. So I would say joy because we can bring so much joy, but we also need to really make sure that we're finding the joy in our jobs. Right, right. Ah, you give me goosebumps. Exactly <laughs> why. Yeah, I, I, yes, yes to everything. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on as a guest. Oh, thank you. So you are Danny Newcomb, the messy SLP on mm-hmm. Instagram, and we'll find all of your contact information in the show notes. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Reach out to me anytime. I'm available. I am. I sit down and answer all of my DMs, so I'm available. <laughs> I out and said, hey, Danny. You're like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> that was so much fun. This has been fun. Thanks. Thank you. I hope today's conversation has created some aha moments for you and motivated you to become a better SLP continuing to connect some of those missing links between what you know and how to use that knowledge. Thank you for downloading the missing link for SLP's podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, I'd love you to subscribe, rate it, and leave a short review. Also, please share an episode with a friend. Together, we can raise awareness and help more SLPs find and connect those missing links and get the information needed to help them feel confident in their patient care every step of the way. Follow me on Instagram and join the Fresh SLP community on Facebook. Show notes are always available, so come learn more at freshslp.com. Let's make those connections. You got this.